Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Welcome to another episode of Gangster Chronicles. This is episode number four, and you're listening to Alex Alonso, and I'm sitting here with... It's Reggie Wright. And James McDonald. And we're going to talk about a few things this on this episode. But first, um, quite a few people wanted to hear a couple of death row, death row uh, history questions. Um, so let's let's start off with the death row, death row history questions. Uh, what do you guys got to share about that? Oh, okay. Well, shit. I'm, you asked us a couple of good questions, Alonzo, uh, uh, at the beginning. So we'll let you just ask us the questions. Then. All right. Well. Can-Am recording sessions. <laughs> Who really got beat up at that studio? Uh, who didn't? <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, you had all type of situations that was going on there. Most of it was is over-exaggerated or um, blown, blown up. But, um, you know, artists got dealt with. And um, not artists. Artist, not the artists we know. You know, not Snoop or Pac or Dre or people like that. There's people that was trying to get on. That was trying to do stuff that wasn't taking the business serious, seriously. Uh, some instances like that. It was mainly homies on homie stuff, uh, to be honest. Uh, it never was, or I don't know if in situations like, uh, you know, the, the mob against the Long Beach Crips that was mainly associated with us or anything like that. I don't have any situations like that. You know, we all know of the Warren G getting his chain snatched and 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 then, you know, Big C Style and Trey D came and tried to talk. Sugar and to make sure you're getting the chain back and stuff like that. And Trey D was able to get that chain back. Yeah, that's Trey D version. It's Trey D version. Everybody okay. got a version. Yeah. I keep telling people it wasn't like people saying, you know, I saw him on Vlad and said he would have did this or did that. 
people have respect for each other and it didn't go down like that. Why Warren G got a chain taken, I don't know. But should you know, talk to whoever took the chain from him and they gave Warren G bitch ass back his chain. James, were you at any of those Can Am studio sessions? No, I didn't do I didn't uh I didn't hang out with them like that at that uh I was tired of the fighting. What year are we talking about during these Can Am studio sessions? Well, this, this particular incident was like 94. Ooh, early. 93. Before Pac got there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is before Pac got there. Pac got there, for those of y'all don't know, November, October of 95. You you really can't name now place that Death Row was at that nobody got their ass whooped in. Everywhere we went, somebody got whooped on for no reason at all. Some of them. It's a crazy way to run a corporation, though. Oh, man. Huh. A multi-million dollar corporation. Hundreds of millions of dollars coming in. Okay, but that's, hard, that's easy to say or hard to say because how many of the corporations have uh, guys fresh out of, on the streets from the penitentiaries working for them? Yeah. Hey, I was loving it. The, the Rams was my favorite incident when we beat the Rams up. Uh, they was mad at Suge, Strat Suge car. Suge came, got us. We was at the Roxbury. And uh, Suge came out. I mean, we was drinking like it was the thing to do. And it was no questions asked. We didn't find out till after what what the situation was. But but once once it was over, man, we worked them. And these were some big, these were some big boys. And uh, that man, Defro Defro had his days on on. Uh, making sure they was known. All right, let's move on to another question here. Someone wanted to know, was DJ Quick, I mean, I know the answer to this, but was DJ Quick ever signed to Death Row? Why is that even a question? Is there a confusion about well, it? Well, DJ Quick was instrumental of, of being up at Can-Am Studio. But what we all know, DJ Quick was signed to Profile Records, which was the label that Ron DMC and all of them were signed to back in New York. Uh, most people think Ron DMC and them was signed to what? <laughs> Def Jam. Not the fact they were signed the profile, but DJ Quick was signed to Suge as a producer, um, but not as an artist. And um, and Suge was also managing him with his contract with um, with with Profile Records or what? getting some business. Uh, handle like he did for Mary J. Bly. Wasn't he managing DJ Quick before even Death Row blew up? No. Okay. That no. came after. That came later. Okay. Yeah, that came later. He, he had people that was with DJ Quick, you know, Tony Lane. Shout out Tony Lane. I hope you're feeling better. People like that that was uh, was dealing with uh, was Quick or was trying to help him out um, with a situation. But now Shook, Shook, and, um, and Quick relationship didn't start up until after Death Row was doing this thing. So technically, he was signed to Death Row, but as a producer only. A producer only, and Shug was managing him and trying to get his paperwork and getting this stuff situation right with Profile, just like we know of him doing with Jodeci and um, Mary J. So if Quick wasn't obligated, he was contractually obligated to Profile. Profile records. He probably would have put something out on Death Row if he didn't have that contract. Oh, he he did a couple of songs for him. Matter of fact, I reached back to uh, Quick uh, while Suge was in jail and on Death Row Uncut because he always wanted to do a video for Black Pussy. Oh man! <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Okay, quick! You know what? We got some money. We over here at Peanuts right now doing something. Come on over here. We gonna shoot this little video to the song Black Pussy, and we just did that for him. You know, and shot. You know, 
and shot that video. So y'all check out Black Pussy. It was never released commercially or anything like that, but you know, it's out there on the internet. Yeah, it was a hot song back in on his 1991 album, I think. Yeah. James, did you cross paths with DJ Quick during these years? Oh man, I've been knowing that that little cat from their neighborhood. Man, the homeboys used to hang over there. Oh, they're going to get you. They're going to say He's from Treetop. Tree <laughs> I see. <laughs> but he was <laughs> doing his thing. Everybody don't know. We look at Freetown, <laughs> Treetop the same. Like, like right Mob now, I know where he's from. They're beefing right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. No, they 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 actually call the truce. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Treetop, Fruitown, the West Side Farrows, they all call the truce right now. A ceasefire. <clears throat> but, yeah, I knew him when he was, was, was mixing his tape. Man, my home. Let me ask you this. Let me cut you off. Was that ceasefire done after the Nipsey thing, or just done before that? No, this was just recently done. So everybody taking follow, uh, following suit. That's the one thing that's happening from the the uh, West Side with the guys from '60s and uh, A Trade and all they're doing. I noticed a lot of gangs are, are starting to try to do the truth thing in their neighborhood. But I had which heard about thing. discussions between the, the Fruit Towns and the Treetops. But get back to what you were saying, James. Yeah, go ahead, James. What was I? I've been knowing him since he was just doing his little mixtapes and all that. We was doing our thing. He was doing his thing. But, yeah, I've, I've been knowing him for a minute. Cool. Long time. All right, so uh, another another person <laughs> wanted to know, was Tupac broke before he died? I mean, it's funny, but it's not funny. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that's the misconception. Um, well, number one, when he was in jail, he was broke. Uh, that's why we reached out to him, or that's why he 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 had his girl, his wife at the time, reach out to Shug. I was with Shug when uh, when she reached out and called, and just was like, "Hey, I need some money," and um, and Shug shot fifteen, had me uh, make arrangements to get fifteen thousand dollars put on his books. Um, he was, you know, had financial situation then, so. How the conversation went was uh, Sugar Girl, his wife, not Sugar Wife, Tupac's wife reached out, I can't think of her name, Keisha, I think, uh, reached out to Sugar and was like, hey, Pac needs some money put on his books. Uh, he want to, you know, see what, what you can do because Interscope's not looking out for him right now. They're saying that he's unrecouped. And so Sugar immediately shot $15,000 and put it on his books. Didn't think anything of it. You know, he had already tried to solicit Pac. As far as being on death roll and all of that, and Pac told him, "Nah, I ain't ready for y'all. Y'all too wild over there." And so, Suge did, Pac then reached out to Suge, made a phone call, and got on the phone and said, "Hey, Suge, can you come and see me? I, I need you to come up here and see me, because people don't know Pac was having it hard in prison. I mean, I know we all have it hard, but he was having it especially hard. It was rumors of things that that happened to him out there." Uh, that y'all done heard. Well, I've heard a few rumors, but I never believed like them. Like beating him up or something? All right. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, man, I want to know. You ain't getting me speaking on that. Oh, he's getting poked in his booty. <laughs> so go anyway. Ahead. Go ahead. So we reached out to him and uh, <laughs> went up there and visit and visit Pac while he was in jail. And uh, Shug went in. And at that time, he came back. I just remember him coming back, you know, to the limo and saying, man, Pac is, is you know, he, he ain't doing well, but we're going to try to get him on Delph Row. He want to be down and go try to get some of his money from Interscope, and he want me to look out. And so we went up there and made about two or three chips, trips up there. Eventually, David Kenner, uh, the company attorney, and was handling most of the business affairs, went up there with us, and uh, they came up with a way to get him out of prison. And they got him out. And got him signed. All that he pretty much asked for was for Shug to uh, help get his mama in the house and to get him out. 
And that's what Suge did. Got his mama situated with a house out in Atlanta. And um, we eventually got him out of jail on a, a bond. You know, people be like, oh, Death Row didn't put up any money or anything like that. Okay. Yeah, Suge only put up 750 of the uh, million and a half. But the other 750, Interscope put up, but they build it back to Death Row. So, you know, this is, this is like a loan. You know, if you get advance on something and you have to pay it back. But that was guaranteed money they were getting back because they were getting the baddest rapper on earth. All well, they already <laughs> right? had him. They already had him. They had they had a, um, an album, Me Against the World, that uh, just sold two million records while he was in prison. But that wasn't a death row record. Though. That was Interscope. Yeah. That's my point. They already had him. They just was tired of when you make so many so much money and millions of dollars. You'd be like, do I have to deal with this? Why do I have to keep dealing with this? That's how white folks think. You <laughs> know, like. Is it? Is this million dollar gonna change my life anymore? No. And so, so that's they how, didn't want him no more. They, they, they left him in jail. They didn't. They didn't try to get him out on an appeal bond. I mean, he was going through so many controversial things that it was probably more of a liability <laughs> of keeping this artist. Especially when they trying to get a deal with Time Warner, who was trying to get a cable deal. They had now corporate or big major companies behind them. They wasn't just a private company anymore. You know, that's that was for Time Warner and the Dolores Tucker and the Bob Duell situation. Y'all go research that. Y'all see what all of that was behind. So that was the restraints that Interscope had at the time. So anyway. Um, so basically, was he broke or not? Okay, but the question was when he died. So I'm saying, so he was broke then. Not doing well. So he came to Death Row. Did all of this stuff. His first album, commercial release, was released on Death Row. February the 13th. 1996. 1996. All Eyes on Me. Man, amazing album. Anybody? That was a double CD. Double CD. We had did all those videos, which get bills back to the artists. He had cars. He was living on, on Wilshire in a penthouse. First, before that, he was living in a Peninsula Hotel. Had two rooms for his homeboy, Big Psych, and, and Bo. And then uh, one of my security guards... And then he was staying in the penthouse. So you got all of that money has been spent today. My point is he has spent a lot of money. He had all of this unlimited studio time. We know, we see how much records was there. All of that gets built back to the artists and the videos and all of that. And then this is what most people don't know, is it takes 180 days before a record company is supposed to give you accounting or give you, you know, you, you know your your what you made like an expense report. Yeah, your expense report. Basically, and all that. what you owe them. What, what you <laughs> that's what it usually is. But he did so well. He was in the positive, but there was money being spent. So people were like, "Well, well, that's why y'all. That's why he was killed. That's why they had you killed because y'all knew all this money that y'all was going to owe him. No, it wasn't that much money that was going to be owed to him. But he ha he wasn't do accounting yet. Is my question. So he had money, but. It's funny to me why people always say, why Death Row cheated him or why Death Row didn't give him all the money when we forgot he did two movies. Where is that money? Suge had no control over his movie monies. He had a publishing deal. He didn't have a publishing deal with Marion Suge Knight or Suge Knight Publishing or Death Row. So where is that money? So people just don't realize, that, you know, the money wasn't due yet when he died, when he got killed. Okay, I understand it. So where did the money go if he got killed and it was owed to him? Where did it go? Wouldn't there be a, a Tupac Shakur estate that gets the money? <laughs> That's who got it. His estate? Yeah, the estate got it. By the time she went and got a lawyer, you know, she had to get the business right. I understand why. And that you, would be a feigning, Shakur, the mother. The mother, the, the mother who, bought, who had money to buy out 
the daddy. Because, <laughs> you know, that's what people don't understand. She did a great, a smart business move. I done on his part in my mind. But she paid out his natural daddy $722,000 to get him out of the way. Where she became the because only. Because he was coming. He was coming. <laughs> He's just as much right as she does. Yeah. Um, and, and you know when you don't have a will, a will or a trust or a state, that's why people, black folks, we got to get the trust. So the living trust done. So how you so, so you can have stuff done the way you want it done when you die, because we never know when we're gonna die. Go ahead, Jay. So technically, he didn't have no money, he, but when he died, he had an estate. He had a hundred some thousand dollars in his account. That's Everything was being paid paid for, but he had money coming. Like yeah. I said, if we do the the math on the dates from when his album was released to the time he. You know, he he died. It wasn't within that 180 days yet, which is six months. And plus, he had money coming in probably when he passed. He was probably at the peak of his money earning ability at that time. 1996 was probably the most he made out of any previous year. And, you know, when people say, well, where was the money from me against the world and all that? Well, he was on recoup because we forget. He had all the legal fees and, and things that was going on in his life that caused him to be in that situation. And most people don't know you don't make as much money as we think off of albums. Where you generally make your money at is from your publishing deals and from your um from your shows. Yeah, you're basically touring. making like a dollar per C D you sell. If you're lucky. Yeah. All right. Last part on this uh death row history because we we we'll talk a little bit about death row every episode. But yeah. last question is people want to know more about your background, James, in death row and, and what you was doing. Give to give us a little brief synopsis of what you were doing when you were there. Well, I, I started before it was death row. It was Fernhill Records when I started with Suge um, in 88. Uh, basically just his right-hand man, just his security. Uh, I went where he went. We did the Budweiser Superfest. Um, we worked with uh, Thomas Klein. We had, they had so many different um jobs that I mean said I was I was there all the way till uh, getting um Michelet and Dre's contract uh, from Ruthless. You were there when Jerry the DOC Ellis. was around too then. Yeah. Cuz he yeah, was, I was around there in what, 88 89. His yeah when he uh he was more support with Suge and just kicking it with Suge. I remember when Suge gave him his car, that that uh, the uh, the Corvette, the car that he had the accident in, and uh, he was all messed up. But he was just basically hanging around Suge at the time, and uh, he was doing his thing. But I did all kind of stuff with Suge until uh, I went to jail with Separators in '92. Okay, in '92 I went to jail for attempted murder. And uh, well, me and one of my little homeboys, and I stayed in there nine, ten months fighting the case. And uh, came home, came back. When I came back, a lot of it was different. A lot of it was different. And then going back and forth up there. And then we opened up uh, Let Me Ride Out Hydraulics. So I took a shot at the hydraulic shops, building cars and stuff, what have you. Uh a lot of history was shook. And during 88, 89, your brother was still locked up. He didn't. He was in prison. He, he was doing nine years at the time for assault on a police officer. And uh, I always told him, when, when you come home, you're going to be all right. I got you. You got a spot. And we ran across each other 
when they summoned me from the penitentiary to the county jail, he was um, in the county jail already. We ran across each other, and he had came home. So we was, and I, I haven't, I didn't see him for what eleven years since then. From that point, it was eleven years. I didn't see him two years prior to him going to jail. He did seven and a half, almost eight years off the nine and a half, and. He was gone for a minute. Then he came on, gave him a job. and How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030 driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The one million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the One Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk, get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. That was it. That was it. Uh, For those of y'all who don't know who his brother is, Buntry, uh, Shug's right here, man. 
Buntry and Alton McDonald. Yeah, he yeah. became the right hand man. I was I was one that was scared to fly. And, you know, Sugar was going to North Carolina, New York, and all this. I wasn't getting on the plane like that. Uh, we got on the plane one time, man. It was raining and thundering. And I couldn't do it. So you go with Suge. And Buntry started going with him, and that's when him and Buntry and Suge got closer. And then that's when all the Jakes and the Harons and all the and all the other guys came in. So it was good for a minute. It was good for a minute. All right. So let's move on to uh, our next topic here. Uh, former Sheriff Lee Baca, who was convicted of police corruption uh, a couple years ago, lost his, I, I would say, his final appeal, although there is a chance for one more appeal. But he's 76 years old. He's a convicted felon. I guess he was supposed to do five years. Maybe it's three. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, what's your take on this? A uh, 76-year-old man that claims now he has Alzheimer's disease. This never came up prior to to the investigation that the FBI had against the sheriff's department. But now um, he's got Alzheimer's. He's 76. He doesn't want to do his time in the feds. What, you, what say you, James? My, my take on it is he ain't no different from me and nobody else that go to jail. Their job is to put us in jail and give us the maximum time for the crime we committed. So I think, he, man, what's the difference? What's the difference? He he committed a crime. He should pay for it. My thing is he only was sentenced to, what, three, four, five years? Let's say it's three years. If If this was you or me that committed this type of corruption, we would be looking at 10 15. I think he got a sweet deal. In fact, many of the deputies that went to prison under him got six years, seven years, eight years. So how does the head of the whole organization that's involved in this corruption— He should have got more time than they did because he's the main man. He's the main man. What I don't understand, Reggie, help (laughs) me understand this, about three or four deputies were sentenced to like six, seven, eight years— only doing what Lee Baca told them to do, but Lee Baca gets less time than these guys. Well, number one, Lee Baca got put in jail for mainly uh, being in charge. That's it. His boy, Paul Tanaka, is the one that was pulling all the strings. Uh, Lee Baca allowed his undersheriff, which most sheriff does, uh, to do, to do all the all the the dirty work that was being done. Uh, so let's get that on the table. Um, his main conviction was for lying to the FBI agents, which I know a lot of brothers that they got uh, probation. Uh, Damon Thomas on that BMF uh, situation where he lied to the FBI agents and stuff like that. Y'all know him as DJ Assassin or with the underdogs. He he did that, and he only got probation out of that. So there's people out there that got it. Probation from for you know giving false information to FBI agents or or law enforcement agents, so that was the main reason that he was uh, convicted. And so five years is a little steep. The prosecution originally was only giving him uh, recommending a six months uh, jail time, and then that's when the uh, the judge said, oh, "Wait a minute, hold on, that's not enough time," and that's when he pulled the, the deal off the table. Because what y'all don't know about the feds, usually the state courts, they don't override what the DA and the defense attorneys come up with. But with the feds, they, the judge will tell you right there when you're taking a deal, hey, 
you taking a gamble and the prosecution is taking a gamble. It's up to me. They do not give up their power. And that's one of the situations where we learned from where the judge was like, hey, no, um, I'm going to give more time if you still want to plead guilty. I'm not going to agree to what the U.S. attorney or the assistant U.S. attorney is re- is recommended. Why is Lee Baca fighting this uh, sentence so much? Will his pension or other things be impacted by this sentence? No, because he retired. That's the one thing. You only lose your, your retirement if you get convicted of committing a felony while you're employed. Lee Baca went and went to try to meet with the administration, the, the Department of Justice in Washington, D.C. I remember that in like 2013, 2014. He got back on a plane that Monday. He he all of a sudden retired. <laughs> he retired the next day. And so he already knew that, hey, they about to indict my butt. It was coming. It was coming. And so they know they have to save their their uh, their pension by retiring. So that was a smart move. That was a smart move on his part. What I, what, what is the pe- – if he didn't retire, does he lose this he complete his, retirement? He would have lost his whole uh, uh, retirement package if you get convicted of a crime while you're still working. Uh, then you'll you'll lose it if you get convicted. Do you think that retiring before you're convicted is a loophole that should exist? Well, how, how do you know? You know, you you know he he didn't have to get indicted. That's just what he felt was coming down the chain. Well, I'm just saying for any any officer or deputy that's charged with a felony and found guilty of it, just because you retired before the conviction came through. Is that a loophole that that should exist for officers to take advantage of? Because that's what it is. It's a loophole. Well, he he, right? he, he didn't have to get. He, he could have retired and didn't get indicted. That's a lot of people. I know a couple of sheriffs that was been speculated doing no, things or or was under investigation and never got indicted. So no, just because you're getting investigated, don't mean you're gonna get indicted. No, the point. If 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 just say for instance, if he got indicted and he they gave him five years, three years, should he lose everything just because he got convicted of a crime? So why should he get his pension? Yeah, that's basically what I was asking. Yeah, why should he get it? <laughs> why shouldn't he? Because it's yeah. different from us. Yeah, I mean, it's, how's it different from you? If you lose your job at the trash company and you go and beat up on your woman, okay, let's go. Through, let's, let's go through all the rights wow. that civilians wow. lose when they're convicted of a crime. They lose their right to vote. To vote. They lose their right in to, some own, places. to own a gun. Yes. And there's several other rights that we lose. No, well, uh, and he lost them as well. Yeah, but y'all he, just want to take his livelihood, something that he worked thirty years, thirty-eight years of doing. Y'all want to take that away from him and his family. Why? Because, I mean, if he did something civilly can, where they can sue him, and then you, you know, you, you have to get paid for that, or you know, the the per- particular person that he got in trouble for, because those of y'all don't know the situation, they was hiding an FBI a snitch within the jail that was working for the FBI. They was hiring him within the county system, moving them from because in his mind, and Lee Baca in their mind, so they said their defense was that that they were committing a state. A state uh, crime, and so they were, um, they were felt that him and the FBI agent committed state charges. Well, you can't. This, the, the federal government supersedes the state. They have federal laws and they have state laws. Yeah, just like here, uh, it's not illegal to uh, to possess marijuana or whatever. Well, technically, or to it be is. Married. It is actually illegal. Not Marijuana is illegal. In the, not in the state. Not in the state. In the state. Yeah. But federally, 
It is. Yes. It is. So that was my point was just because you have state law, just like in Utah, it's not illegal to have more than one wife. But federal crimes, it is. So I'm saying different states have different But the different way laws. the way Lee Baca and Paul Tanaka tried to spin it, it was that they were going to try to investigate the feds. Like they even threatened that female FBI agent yeah. of arresting and her. And that's one of. The, and it doesn't to me. Tell me if I'm wrong. They didn't do it. That they, was the other the other uh, people that you was talking someone about. Someone under Lee Baca though. They was under under their command. The way it, it doesn't work that the a county law enforcement department could arrest and investigate a federal you can, law enforcement. If you commit a state crime, you can. But they were just investigating abuses in the county jail. That's all it was. We're and that's why they got federally charged, you know, by by, by failure. They wasn't committed. They, they wasn't um, convicted of doing any state state crime. Well, if Jackie Lacey would have investigated it, how do we know that there wasn't anything that that was violated on the state level? Jackie Lacey doesn't investigate any law enforcement uh, since she's became the D.A. of Los Angeles she, County. Was she in charge in 2013? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't that. think I think that was under somebody else's but watch. But how do we know that any state um, violations didn't occur, you know? Yeah. All I know is that people's getting their ass kicked in L.A. County Jail, oh, James. I agree. I agree. They were covering it up. Come and on. They gave, you think Lee Baca, the sheriff, was covering it up, or people up, up under his command Definitely was. up under his command. Okay. But but well, Lee Baca got word of it. Paul, Paul Tanaka Ooh. and Lee Baca got word of it, and they said, hide that inmate. The one you called the snitch. Well, I don't call them snitches when they work for the poli- when I they do. when they're investigating the cops. Well, <laughs> when, when it's a, he, when it's an investigation. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but that's what he was. He was a federal informant for the FBI, trying to work off a case for the federally, for federal, not not even for his state charge that he was in custody for. Now, James, I know you've heard of many stories of people getting their ass beat in the county jail. I've been in the county jail. <laughs> I was in the gang module. I've and been let beat. me just say this: <laughs> deputies and people that does that. Needs to be violated or, or you know, need to go to jail. If you're well, doing these that. are these are a lot of things that they do and they can do in the county jail. Take your food, wet you up with the water hose, and leave you laying there butt and, naked. And all of those are and all of those things are wrong. And, yeah, and, of and like on like our last discussion. So, yes, I've been treated like that many a times in the county jail. From soon as I walk in there, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They busting you upside your head if you. Take your shoulder off the wall, you getting smacked. Next thing you know, you got 10, 15 deputies on you. I've been in the in the gang module where one of the homies was on the phone, and they took the phone. He was talking to his moms, called her a bitch, and hung hang up this phone from this bitch. And now there's a gang war, and the dogs biting you, getting shot with them rubber bullets. I've been in that, so. They they take it totally overboard, man. It's a cold thing to sleep on some steel in a puddle of water, wet, and and they just close that gate and leave you there. And stuff like that needs to be investigated and dealt okay, with. Okay, but if I say something or report what they did, it goes unrecognized. Exactly. So if would the, you would you call one of your homeboys in the gang module that's giving the feds information on? Us getting our asses kicked a snitch. No, that's just it's, it's knowledge that's if we don't say nothing, then who will? And and why would he gotta be a snitch if he telling <laughs> if he telling how they treating us in you here? You tell on the police 
No, you you're telling how the police is beating us in here. That makes him. I don't know what the case is about. Yeah. So he asked the question. So is 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 he a snitch because he telling? Well, he was in there. The he FBI had a, he had a phone. He had a phone. And the FBI was gave him a phone. The FBI gave him a phone, and he was in there. But I'm not saying he was a snitch for that. I said he was a snitch because he was working with the FBI on this case. He's been informing one. They didn't just recruit him. He's always been. So uh, you basically the FBI saying the FBI sent him he, in the he county. He's always been in there. And it ain't like he just went in there and picked out and said, oh, let me go get uh, James McDonald. And James McDonald come in and uh, work for me. He was already a, a, an informant of the uh, the FBI, FBI. agent. Yeah. Okay, and Jackie Lacey took over in 2012. So when these indictments came under, they were under, so her, tenure. under her tenure. So okay. she did absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, and she absolutely has never really investigated it, cops. It probably wasn't even brought to her. The, the incident probably wasn't even brought to her. Maybe so, yeah. maybe so. Yeah, I don't know. So... Um, but they deal. Trust me, they done lost it. They were embarrassed. Ten cops have been indicted on the on the matter, and so 18, they got deal. Eighteen, 18 deputies. Total? Yeah. Well, I know of ten. Eighteen deputies have been indicted, and everyone's been in prison except Lee Baca. <laughs> and Lee Baca is well, he's fighting gone. This. And he, trust me, he done spent tons of money. And trust me, he he's going. To, even the prosecution to now is still only recommending that he does two years on on the. Uh, Three years sentence that judge I understand. Uh, let, me, let me say this: Ain't it scary though? Just think, out of them eighteen, how many? If just say seven of them would have made it to the streets in a in a car. This is what we'd have had to deal with. Oh no, they were past cars. These were people in been in been in cars, and these were sergeants and oh, was they? Oh yeah, they were well, high. Yeah, yeah, they know yeah. better. I think they were all all different ages. They were there yeah, were some yeah. young ones, there were some older but ones. I'm yeah. just saying when but they come they from in, the county jail, they was under Paul Tanaka's uh, uh, ring, which like you said, you know, oh, so you, they you, all got stripes. Yeah, they 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 they, they oh, were high up. You know, they were but they were following their sergeant's direction, as um, Easy E said in the song. So what do you think about a 76-year-old man, Lee Baca, uh, going to prison? Bill Cosby in jail. True. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. If you could lock Bill Cosby up yeah, and, and, at 80-some years old, that white man ain't no different. Yeah. We all, we, if, 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 I'm, if I kill you and I'm 90, you going to jail. Okay. I'm going to jail. So now we, we compare a person that lied to the FBI no, to, that's, to a alleged rapist. We All said right. the age difference. Just because he's... Well, that, so we just talking about the age. So then. you think this man shouldn't go to jail? Um, No. You don't think he should? Serious? Yeah. yeah. Okay. A little bit of time. One year in the feds. He's going to do two years. Yeah, but you don't even want him doing two years. I can care less. I don't know him. But but I'm saying the principality knowing, of it. From knowing how our, our system works, from probation to all of this, and I know y'all will say, "Well, he should have known better because he was a cop. He shouldn't even know." True. Okay, but this man is going to jail for giving false information to some FBI agents who claimed to have dementia when he was talking to the FBI agents. Well, I don't believe any of that's true. But that's his claim. That's his defense. Well, this is what made the feds so upset when they would go try to visit the quote-unquote snitch, I think his name is Anthony Brown, they're literally telling federal agents, oh, he's not here. Oh, we can't find him. Oh, he's in transport right now. Oh, he's in court. I mean, everything was a lie. Yeah. They were deliberately preventing the feds. But was Lee Baca doing that? Well, it has to come down from Paul Tanaka and Lee Baca. In fact, there was one woman that was told she, well, didn't, she didn't get indicted. What they went to jail for. This is why it became a big thing in the 
pissed off the U.S. attorney and the judges and all of that was because <laughs> the, the, the two sergeants that worked for Paul Tanaka went to the FBI agent's house and threatened to arrest her for sneaking a phone into their jail facility. Which you can't do that. What? Without a court? Without a warrant? You can't she could have went to jail. She, she was wrong for, jail for that. She well, was she, wrong for she, that. She, but she's, they shouldn't have went. They should have called her superiors and said, "Hey, we need to talk. Let's all meet." Wait, what's but they the crime? Went to the house. What's the crime for the federal agent that's investigating potential crimes that the LA sheriff's deputies are committing of giving a phone to an inmate? Those called warrants. That's what you get. Warrants. You get, you get that approved by a judge. Well, then, why, then why did all these people end up going to jail? Then that should th- these cases should be dismissed. Then yeah. Well, that's that's the argument. That's what most of them uh, defense for. None of this case, zero of the sheriff's deputies' cases were dismissed. They all were found guilty. Some got lesser sentences for cooperating. Um, Correct. And, but I'm surprised that many of them got more time than Lee Baca and Paul Tanaka did, even though they're doing what well, they, they were told to do. Well, they watched houses and made threats and and did some other things. They were mainly the ones doing it. And like you said, falling there, there or, or trying to impress their superior. Because I'm one that don't believe the superiors tell you everything, mm-hmm. you know, what to do. All right, you do this, you do this. They just say, get it done. And and they elected to do, do, to do those things to get it done that way. Well, the last thing I want to say on this is there was a clerk that was working with the sheriff, mm-hmm. and a deputy told her to change the location of where Mr. Brown is at on the computer. Exactly. And she said, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. Okay. And, and he said, no, you have to do it. He said, "From why? She said, give me a letter, and then I'll do it. And he didn't have the letter, so she never did it. Exactly. And I wish I knew her name. I want to commend her because she had some integrity, and she would not be intimidated by a deputy telling her to change something in the computer, where most of the time I think that all these people are going to fall in line with and, whatever cops tell you to do. And that's my point. Well, no, that ain't true. That isn't true. And that's my point, where you have some that are dirty or wrong but not the whole system. But the way she told the story was this deputy was trying to intimidate her. And, oh, of course and it was. And she said, well, pr- give me the letter yeah. from, from Lee Baca or Paul Tanaka that says to, to do this, and I'll do it. Yeah. But unless you show me uh, uh, some documentation, and, I'm not doing and it. And if Lee Baca was involved in it the way we wanted to be portrayed, he would have just said, hold on, and got Lee Baca on the phone and called Lee Baca and say, hey, Lee Baca, tell this, <laughs> Lee this, Baca this was just to do what I just told her to do. <laughs> but did Lee Baca do that? I wouldn't put my name on no paperwork. All right, let's move on to... Uh, Nobody ever thought it would have blown up like it did. We talked a little bit about this in episode three. Nipsey Hussle's uh, friend that was with him when he got shot, Carrie Lathan. He survived the shooting. Unfortunately, Nipsey Hussle did not. Um, they violated his parole for being with Nipsey Hussle. And last week he was in custody, yeah. but for whatever reason, he's free now. Yeah, that's something, <laughs> in my opinion, has to be changed, that law, because that's what... You know, our, our people that live in different parts of the city, they don't understand that most of the people that we grew up with or live with um, are felons <laughs> or, or, or been in the situation. And, and um, that's something that's got to change where I understand when they they're they trying to employ the law or have the law where it's like where you're out there hanging and kicking it at the park and pouring out drinking eight balls and 40s and all of that together that they don't want you congregating or hanging out together and then you possibly can get violated for parole for that but Nipsey was supposedly a uh, he was not supposedly he was he was a um, 
Well, what you call him? Somebody positive. He, you know, helping out, looking out for the man. So he well, he shouldn't have been considered because he was a game, a documented game member, and that's why the system did do the right thing and let him out. But y'all missing the underlying um, what's going on. I know what in my mind from my experience in law enforcement well, why they put the man in jail. The man is in jail because he wasn't cooperating, and I'm not saying he should or shouldn't, but because he wasn't given the statements that he needed to uh, to put the guy shitty or whatever his culture. They had plenty in. of evidence of who the shooter was, but without, you want your case even better, without Especially when you got Kerry somebody Lake. standing right there. Because a video, a videotape alone is not enough to uh, um, to um, to prosecute someone just because you see, have somebody on videotape. You need other people. You need, and nothing better than an eyewitness that was there, that can tell the story. But I understand this is a man that just did 25 years in jail, or not in jail, in prison. And so I understand what his reluctance to, to talk, which most people don't understand. I understand. I completely understand. I understand. Yeah. I don't most expect. People don't you know? Most people listening, you know, are, are people, um, are white folks. <laughs> they like, what? What's what's going on? Why? What is the issue? That's your friend that got killed. Or... Yeah. I think that not wanting People to tell understand. is an American thing. It goes back to the, um, when our mothers told us, stop tattletaling. We, we, we grow up in the United States with the notion of tattletaling is do, not good. But do everyone have that Chico? Whether I, and that's across all racial backgrounds. I don't think everyone has that code. Man, my neighbors will call the fucking police on me, and uh, me and my, they hear me and my wife arguing. They're gonna be calling the police. I'll be scared. Would you shut up, woman? You well, know, look, no people gonna call the police. Most police officers are what race in America? Are they white? Yeah, and most, most of most them people in America is white. Yeah, but most police officers would never tell on another police officer when they see them doing wrong. That's not true. Oh, you crazy, that's Reggie? Not true. Not, most you police most? officers will never Man, tell on another you, cop that's doing wrong. Blue line is over. James, come blue on. Blue line is over. Don't get me in it. We had this discussion last week. Blue line week. is yeah. over. And, uh... Come on, man. I don't know where... where Did y'all where see those CHP officers tell on all LAPD cops on, on, on Rodney King? I would say the blue line has changed, but it's definitely not over. Did y'all see those over. CHP cops that, that their husband and their wife get on that stand and, tell, and testify? Yeah. I remember oh, that. okay. All right. And that was in 92. Yeah. But it's, we still have the same belief within the culture of the police that once you tell on another officer, you're considered no good. Now, maybe that's not across the board. I'm not saying every officer, I deputy think those, thinks like that. I really think those days are, are over. Man, let me, let me, uh, you let me. have clicks. You have clicks that, you know, four or five, but to get a whole department behind you, those days are over. So, I see administrators and chiefs and captains and stuff. They, they be trying to get you. They be like, okay, he did what? Bring me some evidence of that. Go, go ahead, James. James. I don't know, man. I, I, I think... Uh, Red just is just watering this down a little too much. Just kind of listen to me. Don't be mad at me. Listen to me. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, man. There's not a police out there that I, not too many, that I know of. Well, I actually don't know none, but your pops, good cop. It ain't too many cops like your pops. I have not seen them. I, I, I mean, I, I, I look on the, my phone and I see that what they doing over there, but. Not in, not in Compton, not in L.A. They pull you all over. They already thinking he might got a gun. I got to do this. I got to do that. They got their guns in their hands already. Reg, you paint the picture as if, man, some of these, like like the majority of these cops is like really like, 
good cops. All of them not. I never okay. said that. No. All, all of them are not. I mean, it's... it's <laughs> I never said well, that. Well, the reason why I brought up about the cops is because they should understand that a guy like Carrie Lathan, who just did 25 years in prison, is not going to feel comfortable talking about who just shot him, right? Yeah. <laughs> But see, the police, when they... When and they, they do, but they don't care because they're trying exactly. to make that case. Exactly. They're trying to get exactly. that conviction, make that case, get that case. With Tupac's situation, <clears throat> if Suge Knight would have said, or or, or, or um, Gaddafi or um, Edie would have said they saw Baby Lane in that car in Vegas, which they, they did and would have told that, that case would have been solved or resolved, but they didn't. So it didn't. But so I'm gonna try to push you, and that's why I follow around you and try to get a case on you, and try to, and so to make you cooperate and yeah. to go ahead and give them what they want. That's so you know it's a cat and dog and cat situation that's going on with that. But they they trying to do their job. That's yeah. all they trying to do is their I job. Can, but they if, understand. If, if, if you got Nipsey. Here, this guy just got killed. He this not, thing, this dude, they didn't have a videotape, no and, and this boy from. got off of that. Everybody knew who did it, and that man knew who did it, and and and, and those two guys did that. How would we be feeling about them then if it wasn't on, on, on tape and camera? That young lady, she's about to go to jail. The driver? The driver. She's yeah. going to jail. Trust me. Only reason she's not in jail yet is because she didn't pretty much tell them enough to help put him in that car. But let her stop take, changing her tune. Or let her change her tune. She will be going to jail. I think she's going to jail. Well, I, they already have enough evidence to prosecute this case, obviously, without <laughs> Carrie Lathan's assistant. Yeah. And I don't think he should have ever been arrested. He should have never been violated. Plus, I think they need to change the conditions of parole. Yeah, you know why they got enough to get her? To get him? Just because of her putting him there. At the at the store, allegedly, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What well, we believe that that she she's helping that, but she ain't told it all. She haven't told it all. She haven't told how she jumped out of from the the passenger seat to the driver's seat, and, and how they went and kicked it and laid up in a hotel and all of that. <laughs> Why you didn't try to anyway? And there's a lot of witnesses that actually were doing interviews about they were there and they witnessed the whole thing and. And what actually happened? I mean, there's all kind of stories going on. Everybody gonna say that. Only, only the the three I think are the, the credible witness. But um, I thought the the kind of hypocritical thing here was that Nipsey Hussle was supposed to be meeting with the LAPD the following day to talk about gang intervention, but then they're gonna violate Carrie for being in association with quote unquote well, a gang member yeah, Nipsey Hussle. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean, how that, hypocritical is that? But they let him out. The system did right. Yeah, but they he actually they the inconvenienced system did right. him. He was in a wheelchair. He's got a bullet in his back. Yeah. He's sitting in the county jail. The, who wants to be in the county yeah. jail yeah. for a week After or two? Twenty five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but he's already fifty six years old. Trust me, they didn't broke the brother down. And I don't. I think it's, if it wasn't for social media, public outcry, yeah. the internet, the Gangster Chronicles, uh, who knows? He might be still sitting in there, right? <laughs> Until court. Yeah. Until the next court day. Because I actually know a couple of people that were violated. Yeah. They they violated their parole and they were a victim of a shooting. Yeah, he could actually get 90 days. They could actually gave him, the parole board could have gave him 90 days. 
But I think they should change that because unless you were committing well, he was a life crime, person, so he could have did with, more time with than two that. game bangers, you associate like that. Then they should okay, you doing you committing a crime with another gang member? Nipsey Hussle wouldn't. It Man, shouldn't be like the that. parole system didn't care not, about the fact that they were uh, two gang members being together. What I know the only reason why ploy, they took him so they can get him ploy. to talk to him. Exactly. That's what I'm That's saying. That's all it was. Let me finish. Okay. That's all I'm saying. So they got to work it out a different type of way the way they're doing it because they know that man just got out of jail. And just they didn't give a fuck if he just got out. But then to take him and put him back, what kind of police officers are these? It just go- That's not bad police work. That's not? No. I no. mean, technically everything they did was legal. Yeah. But there's something to say about— I got your phone number. I'm going to contact you. If you I'm tell me to shut up, I ain't talking to you. I ain't been no witness. What, what oh, else are we going to do? Man. I need you as a witness to make this case. Okay. I so, need you. So by him telling them, fuck off, I, man, I just got out I need 25. You. Now they're going to say, fuck you. I can take you to jail. I need you to make on, this man. case. Gotta, you go? got to see what they do. Their job is to make that case. They're, that's their job. I that's was... what we wanted to do, to make that case. And so whatever I need to do to make that case within the laws, I'm going to do. Mm. And by putting pressure on Mr. Lathan to cooperate and to talk puts him in a very dangerous situation Correct. where the police don't even care that's, about that that's situation. That's the unfortunate situation, that part right there. And how many witnesses or potential witnesses have been shot and killed because the police didn't protect them Millions. over the years? Yeah. You know? All thousands. All that. James says thousands. I was going to say hundreds, but shoot. Oh, it's, 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 I mean, that's a bad situation. That's, and that's, you know, the witness protection plan, protection programs is not the greatest and, and all of that. And they try to put out rewards and all of that, which gives some incentives for people to do things. Um, and judges don't care. I was working on a case once where this woman was a witness and they brought her to the court that she was on the stand. They ask her the questions. She says, I cannot answer these questions because it's not safe for my life. He put her in custody. The yeah. judge said, you have to answer these questions yeah. or I'm going to hold you yeah. in contempt. contempt. Yeah. He, she said, look, I'm a mother. I have two kids. I cannot answer these questions. The judge says, I don't care. If you don't answer these questions, you're going to the county jail for six months. Yeah. And I sat there and I said, I cannot believe so that the state is forcing her, her well, to she speak. the fifth because she's not a suspect. Yeah, but she, I get your point. Yeah, she wasn't yeah. a suspect. She can't. Yeah, she, she can't. You can't plead the fifth. Yeah. Oh, she actually okay. tried to do that, and they yeah. said, "Ma'am, you're not you're eligible not to plead yeah. the fifth. Yeah. So she had to sit in the county jail until the case was over with. Yeah. Now, some of these cases are I've short. You know, the trial might yeah. be two months, but if this is one of those long cases, you're sitting in jail years. until the case is over. Well, for contempt. It was, it was at the time of of testifying. The court. It was already going on. So that's why it wasn't as long as like oh, you're saying. Damn. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, but their job is to but make as that a, crime. As a cop, but former police officer, do you feel any sympathy for these people? Then she should have never talked at the beginning, and that's what people know. Because you don't gave me, you don't tease me, you don't tell me. This happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. But I ain't coming to court. <laughs> no, yes, you are. So the lesson is don't ever make any <laughs> statement. I didn't say that. <laughs> no, if you don't want to get dragged through court. I say that if you're a suspect. Shut up. Be quiet. But, but as, as a, a witness, witness you got to weigh it out. But some witnesses. You got to weigh it out. If just, somebody come in here right now and they shot you. Yeah. And just start shooting you. Hey, street call. I can't talk. My sons will take care of that when they grow up. 
You've been watching too much of uh, Al Pacino. No, I'm just kidding. Of course, you've been watching The Godfather. No, but I wouldn't want I wouldn't want James to tell the police who just killed me you if it's gonna if it's gonna risk his life because I believe whoever just killed me he's gonna get his anyways well, down they, the they, line. They, I, I was in the same situation with my brother, and and. The police coming over there and telling us, "Come on, man, we need to talk to you." What you want to talk to me for? Y'all See, know your thing was a speculation. No, if I you know actual, you killed my brothers. Yeah, we all know, but you wasn't an eyewitness. See, there's a difference between an eyewitness and an informant. And you, what you would have been was was called informant because you doing secondhand information, where you have to treat an eyewitness different than you would treat okay. an informant. Yeah, I truly wouldn't want anyone to make a statement. They came to my if house. It's a, if it's a risk to their livelihood. Because so you just dead. I'm just dead. And and if there's a camera, I'm if there's someone else that wants to come forward, <laughs> <laughs> they'll build their case if, the, if there's some evidence. And like I said, you have to weigh that out. Yeah. There's some some situations where I turn up, especially my son or something like that. Hey, come and on. Let's, you say let's go. Let's get out of here, son. Let's or, go. But Come if it's somebody I know connected with and all of that, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a snitch. Whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is what happened. Deal with it. Well, my dad would never forgive me if I did that. Rest in peace to my, my dad, Vincent Alonso. That's, 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 that's uh, uh, um, standable. And you know what? It's it's kind of the way we grew, we grew up. You grew up with a, a cop as exactly. a father, and I grew up with a dad who was from the streets. Yeah. And James grew up a certain way as well. I grew up without one of those. So I know. Um, and, and I'm not going to tell on every situation. Like I said, it's some situation where I'll be like, okay, it's best just to, let's get out of here. Let's leave. But there's some situations where, you know, you either got to do something about it yourself or, or, or you got to be a witness. Well, uh, any any last remarks regarding Carrie Latham, Nipsey Hussle, uh, before we wrap up this episode? No, no, I'm good. No, no. Still, rest in peace, Nipsey. The more I've been hearing about the brother and and, and reading and listening to him talk, I understand why why um, people was putting him um, up there with my boy Tupac. You know, I, I I actually watched a couple more of old Nipsey Hustle interviews, and I got to say, the dude was really sharp. He was when he was 22, 23, 24. Yeah, and he actually accomplished and did everything he said. Within ten years, yeah, you know, yeah. he had a goal. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Even plan. though I, I did watch another interview where he was uh, complimenting and telling where he got most of his stuff from from Tupac, which you know. Well, I think there, there's no way you could be in hip hop and not influenced by Tupac. Yeah, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, you know that dude pretty much laid the the blueprint and the foundation. You know, and I mean we're still listening to his music twenty something, twenty five years later. It's, it's nothing wrong with it. Look what look what look what came out of it. Positive shit. So if I could look at Tupac and I see something in Tupac that I want to do, and this is how I'm gonna grow. Get your blueprint, roll with it, and look what he did. I think Tupac's music it will last long longer way. than Nipsey Hussle's music, but Nipsey was a sharp brother, you know, in his early twenties. Um, I, I give him that. You know, I was I, just, I was just throwing a jab at you because <laughs> you told me. Uh, Nipsey had uh, accomplished more at the age of 25 than Tupac did, and I still disagree with you on that. No, I, I don't think he accomplished more at all. I actually yeah. think Pac, for just having 
You know, his professional career was only like four and a half years. He debuted in 91. Correct. And he's dead in 96. Yeah. That's a very short, short career. Period. Who has accomplished more in that, in that little short period of time in hip-hop? I don't think anybody has. You know, we're talking about Nipsey Hussle. He's been doing it for 12, 13 years. Correct. You know, when his mixtapes came out in like 05, 06, 07. Yeah. And he passed at 33, as you you made that distinction. Pac died at 25. Yeah. Nipsey died at 33. Yeah. But Nip was sharp. No doubt about it. He, he was. was. He was. Even, even in the interview when he was 22. Yeah. You know, he was speaking good knowledge and all of that. And so, he, like I said. What if he was didn't grow up in the rolling 60s Crip neighborhood? I always think, like, if certain people didn't grow up in a certain area... What could have they been? What could yeah. have they accomplished? But that could have went both ways. If he didn't grow up in in his neighborhood, he would probably wouldn't have known the grind. Well, I think the, you know the, the, the grind. I think the grind come from his uh, the African part. Of <laughs> I really do. Because how many of the friends of niggas that you grew up with was out there selling insects? Yeah, or, or t shirts. All right, fellas, I'm gonna uh, wrap it up for another episode of the Gangster yes, Chronicles. Thanks for listening, um, Alex Alonso. James, uh, Reggie Wright Jr. and James McDonald signing out. Peace out. Peace. This has been a Digital Soapbox Network production. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.